folks? You like blood, violence, freaks of nature? On a stormy Halloween night, four young people set out across the back roads of America. What's that? It's a hitchhiker. What, should we stop? We can't leave it right here in the rain. In search of a mysterious figure known only as Dr. Satan. About the legend of Dr. Satan? Yeah, I can show you. Dr. Satan! Ah, Dr. Satan! What they uncovered. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet. Is the most horrifying and shocking tale of carnage ever seen. Well, I bet you'd stick your head in fire if I told you you could see hell. You seen this girl? Yeah, they want to play Nancy Drew with this local legend that people call Dr. Satan. Stupid kids probably got themselves lost. Let's get out of this nut house. <laughs> The boogeyman is real. And you found him. It's your guys! Please don't kill us. From director Rob Zombie comes a journey into hell. This can't be real. This can't be real. This can't be real. House of a Thousand Corpses. Hope you like what you see! Alright, what is going on everyone? Welcome to another episode of Small Town Horror with Johnny and Randy. And as always, I'm Johnny. And I'm Randy. And this is the month of April. Is it? Yes it is. Are you sure? Yes. Ain't your birthday in like three days? Yeah. And, get this, I'm still coming down from this weekend high. He got to go to the horror festival. This is Monday when we're recording the episode, but this episode's coming out on Friday. But, I just got back from what we've, me and my wife have been going to for the last 10 years. It's in Nashville, Tennessee. If you've never heard of it, it's a horror convention. It's called Full Moon Tattoo and Horror Festival. And, man... What a great weekend. I finally got to meet Nick Castle, a.k.a. The Shape, a.k.a. Michael Myers from the original 1978 Halloween. You went straight fangirl, didn't you? Oh, dude, yes. <laughs> How many times did you meet him? Uh, we were there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I met him every single day. Even got my professional photo op with him and everything. You didn't take a prom picture, though. I know. Your your wife and your two daughters, both all three took prom pictures, and you didn't take one prom picture with Nick Castle. Nope. Sure didn't. What's wrong with you? Lucky, I guess. Makes no sense whatsoever how much I know you just wanted to fangirl out over this man, even though, I, I, I gotta say, Nick Castle, he's put on some age. Oh, yeah. But I, I, I ain't gonna lie, I dig that big white beard. He's pushing 70, man. Is he really? Yeah. He really doesn't look it. I mean, his, like the full head of white hair and all this kind of, but he doesn't look 70. Right. And he's not 70, but I think he's like 65, 66 maybe. Well, it's not pushing 70. 69 and a half is pushing 70. Oh, okay. Well, excuse me. He's like, oh, he's almost 90. He's, you know, 58 and a half. <laughs> what the heck? But there was always, there's always been like a certain... Like top five to six people I've always wanted to meet mm-hmm. that was on my bucket list. Well, he's the only Michael Myers you've never got to meet, isn't he? No, there's oh, another there one. That, yeah, there's another one. He played Michael Myers in four and six, and unfortunately, he just passed away this year. But like, 
as far as horror icons that I've always wanted to meet, Captain Spaulding, Sid Haig was one of them. I got to meet him. Mm-hmm. Bill Mosley, a.k.a. Chop Top, Otis, he's another. And then I had Nick Castle. So, bam, I finally got him off the list. Kane Hodder. I mean... That you meet every year. Yeah. <laughs> Which Bill Mosley's almost here every year, too. Right. At Full Moon, yes. And the the Robert England, Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. And now there's one more that I'm like, okay, this is the top of my list, and it's Bruce Campbell. Oh, Lord. I've got to meet this man. Lot. But anyway, I mean, there's a lot more... Horror icons, but th- those are always ones that like I-, I have followed their careers, their movies from back, you know, when they first started. But that being said, this month of April is dedicated to Rob Zombie's. I would say his first couple films. I believe uh, I know House of Those Corpses is his first film. I don't remember if Devil's Rejects was his second one or not. But we are celebrating, and it's so hard to believe. 20 years ago, House of a Thousand Corpses come out. This this movie came out since I, when I was 15? 16? 17. <laughs> no, well, I was technically 16. And the reason I keep up with this is because the year this come out, we got married, me and my wife got married, and I was 17. But It's crazy to think this movie's been out for 20 years and I'm just now watching it. I know. And that's one thing that I think is going to be neat about this episode is because uh, this Thursday, April 13th, I will be turning 37 years old. Me and you are the same age. I'm a little older, not by much. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see how mm-hmm. I like it and how you're going to react to it, what you <clears throat> likes and dislikes. But that being said, um, I just want to go on record in saying that uh, it was yesterday, yes, before we left the convention, I actually finally got the nerve, worked up the nerve to go talk to Bill Mosley himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, like I said, I've met him at least four times. Always super cool guy, really down to earth. Uh, but this was the first time that I didn't go, like, actually to get an autograph. I actually went up to Bill with a purpose. Um, me and Randy have got our own business cards now because we've been picked up by Spotify, iTunes, and everything's been going really good. That We're getting a lot of followers on Spotify now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have told each and every one of you who listens to the podcast that we would like to eventually get so many reviews and five-star ratings and enough listeners that maybe we'd be able to get a celebrity be on the actual podcast. Well, I went to Bill Mosley, and, man, me and him had a good probably 10-minute talk. I gave him the card. I told Bill, hey, look. I said, I'm not trying to get publicity or anything like that. I, you know, I didn't want him advertising it. I said, this is just our card. I was telling him about the podcast and that what we were going to be doing for this month was uh, House of Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects. And he thought it was really cool, you know. Yeah. And when I did ask him, I did. I said, uh, Bill, do you do podcasts? And he, you know, he said, honestly, he said, no. He said he's been asked to do probably a hundred podcasts. And he said, it's nothing against ours. Mm-hmm. He said he would keep the card. And he said, hey, he said, you know, I may give it a listen. And I told him, I said, man, that's all I can ask for you. And then he proceeded to go into full detail all the questions that I was wanting to ask him. If he would have, if he would have said, "Yeah, I'll give you a couple minutes," everything I wanted to ask him to be on this podcast, he answered right there. Nice. So 
even though you, Randy, and the viewers aren't being able to hear what I, he had to say, I did. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, man. He went a lot into Devil's Rejects, but there were some things about House of Thousand Corpses, which I will bring up here in a minute. But it was just cool to be able to tell Bill that, hey, you know, if he does listen to this podcast, <clears throat> you know, and or listen to at least this podcast for this month, maybe we can do it justice. You know, because so, uh, I did tell him this was your first viewing of House of Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects. So, Bill, if you're listening, Johnny fangirled out on you. <laughs> Just putting that out there. Right. Super nice guy, though, man. <clears throat> really is down to earth. But that being said, um, I guess we'll go ahead and, and get into as far as the ratings. And then you can hit the summary and we'll do the cast. But House of a Thousand Corpses come out in 2003. It is an hour and 28 minutes long, and they have it on Google categorized as horror comedy. I believe. I, I mean, yeah, I can see, because there is humor in it, mm-hmm. but um, IMDB gave it a 6 out of a 10, and Rotten Tomatoes only gave it a 20%. Uh, I disagree with that, but, you know. Well, I mean, the thing with Rotten Tomatoes is I think we've pretty much established the lower the rating on Rotten Tomatoes, the better the movie. Uh, This was actually released, today is April 10th. It was actually released April 11th, 2003. So we almost made it, man. It's my anniversary. Yeah, it is your anniversary, isn't it? Uh, The director was Rob Zombie, and the budget was $7 million. The box office made $16.8 million. I think of that $7 million, probably six and a half was on video effects. <laughs> Rob Zombie did everything he could to make this look like one of his 80s uh, music videos. Right. <clears throat> so, why don't you hit us up with a summary, man? Man, I got your summary right here. <clears throat> Two young couples traveling across the backwoods of Texas searching for urban legends of murder end up as prisoners of a bizarre and sadistic backwater family of serial killers. That's actually a really good summary. It is. Yeah, it was. That was really good. Uh, And it it could have said, you know, Beverly Beverly Hillbillies Gone Wild. (laughs) You know, either way. Well, the cast, uh, of course, the one and only Sid Haig, uh, rest in peace, Sid, which he's another guy who was awesome to ever get a chance to sit down and talk with. Yeah, he passed away 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sid Haig played Captain Spaulding, Bill Mosley as Otis Driftwood, Sherry Moon Zombie as Baby, <clears throat> Karen Black as Mother Firefly, we got Rain Wilson as Bill Hudley, uh, Matthew, uh, how do you say his last name? McGrory. Played Tiny, and then uh, Chris Hardwick played Jerry Goldsmith, the late, great, awesome dude to meet. Tom Tolles, he played uh, George Wydell. Sheriff Wydell. Yep. Uh, Dennis Fimple, he played Grandpa Hugo. Uh, oh, and here you go. Greg uh, Gibbs played Dr. Wolfenstein. Greg Gibbs. Yeah. You was asking about him earlier. Yeah, he just looked familiar. Uh, I'm going to say this guy's last name is it says, uh, Walter Film, uh, Phelan. Phelan played Dr. Satan. <clears throat> He's an interesting looking character. Then you have the one and only Walter Goggins played Steve Nash. And Harris Young played Don Willis. Uh, let's see, Jennifer Justin. She played Mary. 
Urban Keys. A K. Uh, is that right? Keys. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Man, I can't even say his name. Ravelli. I guess that was his character's name. Uh, Aaron Daniels played Denise, and Robert Mukes played Rufus. R.J. R.J. Yep. That's a big old dude. And that's pretty much it for the cast. Um. So anyway, Randy. Uh huh. First time viewing it, man. Uh huh. What'd you think? Worst movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> no, it, it really wasn't. I will say, it wasn't my cup of tea. Okay. From the the aspect of to me, and I don't, I, I don't really, I wouldn't really call it. It felt like a B-rated horror movie. But there were certain aspects of it that felt that way. Mm-hmm. Sherry Moon's over-the-top acting. When I said Beverly Hillbillies-esque, yeah. that's what I meant. Because that's what it felt like. Gotcha. Because Sherry Moon as Baby really felt like a jacked-up Ellie Mae Clampett. With the way her voice was. Uh-huh. Her voice was driving me crazy. Just insane. I did enjoy Bill Mosley's character. Otis, Otis, I thought was I thought that was really cool. I liked how he was like the everybody talked about Doctor Satan throughout the beginning of the movie. Right. So when I first was watching it, because being the first time I've ever seen it, I don't I never heard him call him Otis. So I thought, well, he's gonna be Doctor Satan. Right. But he you know, obviously wasn't. I didn't care for the the mom. Oh really, uh, Karen Black? Yeah, she. I thought getting, she did good. She was getting on my nerves, dude. Really? She reminded me of the blonde from. Uh, a lot of Adam Sandler's movies. Uh, from remember the blonde from Click. Um, ah, his wife's best friend, who is oh yeah, uh, Stifler's mom. Yeah, yeah, Stifler's mom. Yeah, that's who she reminded me of. That's who I thought it was at first. Oh really? There ain't no way. Uh, I didn't care for her character. I did. Not gonna lie, Sid Haig was probably my favorite character in the whole movie. Oh yeah, but he wasn't in it enough. That's the only thing I didn't like. He wasn't in it enough. And they never let you on that he had anything to do with the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, till the end of the movie, which I thought was really cool. Right, right. Um, but I really did dig his character. I didn't care for the four main characters, the the two couples. Really? Did not care for them. See, I love... Uh, because, well, and now, granted, I haven't watched a whole lot of The Office. Well, no, I'm not even going to talk about him. I'm talking about uh, Jerry. I like Jerry, the one that was like, Dr. Satan! Yeah. He, he was getting on my nerves, too. I ain't gonna lie to you. See, I liked him, because I guess, because he was fanboying out. He was, to yeah. an extent. But, I don't know, there there wasn't enough, like, the two girls, mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like they did enough. I feel like they were just there to fill a spot. Right. Until, one, one was a B word, and the other one... Yeah, until yeah. the end, whenever, you know, stuff started hitting the fan, and then... Right, right. You, just out of nowhere, one of them, the girls became the main character of the whole movie. Right. You know, about, what, 15, 20 minutes left in the movie? Right. She became the main character. Um, I dig the story, and I like the the attraction at the gas station. Yeah. Because it was almost like, hey, this is a haunted house tour kind of deal you got, but it's we're just going to talk about serial killers and all this kind of stuff. Right. I did like how they imp- incorporated... Actual serial killers that you know, Albert Fish, and I, th- I thought that was cool how they went through the story of him. Because mm-hmm. I've actually listened uh, to another podcast uh, 
that talks about different kind of stuff and I learned from Albert about Albert Fish from that podcast. Um I don't know, man. It was just one of those it was I didn't know what to expect. Right. And I won't lie, the effects were cool, mm-hmm. but when it kept going in and out of the negative shots mm-hmm. that did make it feel like an old Rob Zombie video, yeah. It kept throwing me off. Gotcha. It was like I'm focused on this. And then they had the the one that I can remember off the top of my head was the chick running and being chased. And she runs up to the grave. Yeah. And it's Dr. Satan's grave. And then he pops out of the ground. Yeah. I couldn't see half of it. I got you. I mean, I was like, well, let me see the dude's face. It has the retro look. Yeah. And it, not the, it's, the retro didn't, it doesn't bug me that way. Right. But when you pull out the main character and the backstory of the whole movie, don't block them out. Let me see what it looks like. Right. You know? And then, when they brought him in in the end, I was like, oh, maybe that's why they didn't show him. Well, and that's the thing. Mm-hmm. If you watch that retro one, the mm-hmm. part that you said that you wanted to see his face, every time it, leading up to the end, all you ever saw was Dr. Satan's, uh, he had a mask on. Like, it was a surgeon, because nobody really knew what he looked like. Yeah. And I like the fact that when he popped up out of the grave, it did. It, it was not Dr. Satan's face that you saw at the end. It yeah. was what, you know, these kids yeah. having, what they saw. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, as I was talking to Bill, Bill mentioned, which I had heard a little bit about it before, <clears throat> but they shot this movie in 2000. Really? Yes. And because it was so controversial and stuff like that, no uh, big companies would pick it up. It sat on the sh- shelf for three years, well, I, and then I, Lionsgate finally came and uh, bought it. I w- now, was this the movie that they were talking about? Rob Zombie wanted to release in theaters, but he they wanted him to scale it back so they could actually give it an R rating. Because wasn't it like a ah uh, uh, an XXX like an X rating or something s- like that? I, I, I've heard that about this. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. yes, I did hear about it. I know. So that was the fun fact that Bill told me about, which I thought was pretty cool. That, like I said, they filmed this. I mean, you you got to think they would never see the. You know, they probably thought this film was never going to see the light of day. They filmed it in two thousand, and there it was. Two thousand one passed, nothing. Two thousand two passed, and then finally two thousand three. Lionsgate out of everybody picked it up. Yeah. Um, and you know, I was talking to Bill, and I told Bill, I said it's funny because you know what Bill said was about because of the controversy and how violent and everything. And I'm like, but you look at films now like Terrifier, Terrifier 2. That just that one scene I showed you. Yeah. That didn't, you know what I'm saying? Was that this just goes to show you how far... In 20 at, years we've in come. In 20 years, how far the entertainment industry has come as opposed to what's acceptable now that wasn't acceptable 20 right. years ago. In 2001, <clears throat> me and a buddy went and saw the Mary Mayhem tour in Memphis. At the pyramid, and it was Mudvayne. It was Soil, Mudvayne, Rob Zombie, then Ozzy Osbourne, and Rob Zombie sung the song "House of a Thousand Corpses." It was off his new uh, album, Sinister Urge, mm-hmm. and he explained he was like, "This is a movie I'm hoping to get off, uh, what he said, to get off the shelf, and so everybody can see it." And as he played the song, he was showing clips of the movie. So I thought that was cool. That two years before the movie even came out, I got to see clips of it yeah. while he sung, you know. But right. um, I did like how, which it's kind of expected being Rob Zombie's this big rock uh, legend. Mm-hmm. 
that he put his own music into it. He was like, oh, yeah. forget you guys. I'm putting my own stuff in it. Right. I, I did like that it, because it fit. Like When I said like this could literally be a Rob Zombie music video that's an hour and a half long, mm-hmm. that's what it felt like. Now, um, I'm just going to, I'm not going to rate it yet, but I still enjoy the film. <clears throat> and I've heard a lot of people say you either love this film or you hate it. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with that. Because I think, because I've, Yes, over time it's become more of a cult classic. Yeah. But uh, I enjoy Spalding. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like you, man. I was hoping he would be like more of a main character in there. Bill Mosley, I've always known from Texas Chainsaw Massacre two in the '80s as Chop Top. So when he did this role, I was like, "Holy crap!" Bill's acting is phenomenal. Sherry Moon. I think she she brought that. Twisted, twisted Ellie made Clampett. Well, I'm saying she brought something that I hadn't seen in a long time to a movie. Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying about how you said, man, she got annoying a little bit and stuff like, you know, how she was. But to <clears> me, <throat> it didn't really bother me in this film because to me, it's just like, man, what would you do if he's in that situation? If this girl's crazy like this, you know? Yeah. I'm really shocked that you said you didn't like Karen Black. I thought Karen Black did a great job, job as Mother Firefly. She was getting. It was her. For me, what got really on my nerves was her with with Baby Sherry Moon. Mm-hmm. Her voice just kind of annoyed me. I got you. It yeah. wasn't like Franklin annoying me from Texas Chainsaw. Right. It wasn't nothing like that. It was just like there were times where I'm like, all right, you just need to talk more. Because she did. She would go in and out of it. Most of the time, she was in that high pitched, you know, childlike, you know, voice. Right. But there would be times where she would just talk normal. And seeing you brought that up, you said the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I feel like not a guy running around with a leather face and with chainsaws and all that, but I feel like this is almost a more twisted, bizarre rendition of a Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. Like, you can tell Rob stuck all of his little personal stuff in there. Like, he loved the Universal Monsters of Black and White videos, (laughs) movies, which means you even like them. But here's a fun fact I was going to tell you. Um... When they're in Captain Spaulding's uh, museum attraction and everything, mm-hmm. all the props, like the alligator boy and all that, that's actually Rob Zombie. All that is Rob Zombie's uh, stuff he has in his house. Really? Yes. Like He he strikes me as somebody that would collect weird oddity stuff like this. Yeah. that's uh, If you ever watch MTV Cribs, every mm-hmm. bit of that they showed, and that came out in 2001, everything that he showed uh, in his living room and stuff, that's what was in the movie. Hmm. Um but anyway, I just thought that was cool. And actually, tomorrow is Tuesday, which, like I said, if you're listening to this now, it's going to be Friday when this comes out. But celebrating the 20 years, they're actually coming out with a Blu-ray uh, steel case box set. I think I tagged you in that on Facebook. Did you? Or Twitter. May have been. No, it's probably been about two months ago. But I still enjoy the movie, man. I think this... I think the acting's overall good. Like Tom Tolles, I thought he did great as the sheriff. For what he was in on it, you're like, he's just a dude trying to do his job. And like when he's in there, we're talking with Karen Black. And, you know, he's he's not being forceful. But, you know, every time she goes to shut the door and he's like, ma'am, it'll only take a minute. Like he's, I don't know. My my issue with, with his character was it was too, like, robotic. Like it was like, ma'am. I'm only here to do my job. 
You know, it, it, it didn't... It almost seemed like he didn't want to do the part. I'm sure he did, you know, nothing yeah. like that. But it was almost like he was just there. I'll he see. didn't... Like, you look at uh, Walton Goggins. Was it Walter Goggins? Yeah, Walter Goggins. The guy that played, uh, was it Steve Nash? Mm-hmm. He, which, anytime I've ever seen him act anything, he was Venus in uh, Sons <laughs> of Anarchy. He was, uh, there was a show where he played a Western sheriff. That was, he was in Justified. Justified, that's it. Yeah. Um, he actually, you know, brings that acting out into it. And I really love, I really love his acting. Um, but that's just his personality. But right. it showed his personality. I don't know if, what was the guy's name? Tony? Or Tom Toes? Tom. I don't, I don't know his personality. This is the first thing I've ever seen him in. So oh, I, really? I couldn't tell you. See, he was in the remake of, uh, Not a Living Dead. Really? Yeah. And I see it might be different, like, to see him in another movie to know right. how close it is to his actual That's actor. where me and you differ. Like, all these actors I've seen, I've followed their work, right. where this is like, you literally looked at me and was like, when Otis Driftwood showed up, and you're like, is that Bill Mosley? I'm like, yeah. and to me, I, in my heart, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I've never, not, now, not to say that I've never seen him in anything, I just didn't know it was him. Yeah. You know, and I hear you talk about him all the time. Um. But it's just not one of those things where I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. Like, for me, if I'm watching a movie, like, the guy that played Grandpa, mm-hmm. you know where I recognize him from? No. Almost Heroes. I see. This is the only thing I've ever seen him in. No. Was it Almost Heroes? Oh, no. It was... Dang. I don't even remember. I'm going to have to look now. Yeah, because it was another... It was an older movie. No! Maverick! It was Maverick. He was a Maverick. He played one of the guys that was playing uh, playing poker during the big poker game. And he was in. He was one of the uh, the guys that got put out. I think like first or second. That's where I recognized him from. Oh, okay. I'm good at recognizing people off of smaller stuff that I've seen them in. Right, right. Not a you know. But that's like as soon as you said something about the sheriff was uh, Tig's girlfriend, and I was like Venus. Yeah, yeah. You knew automatically. Yeah, I knew exactly who you were talking about. But um, I mean, if you want to go ahead and give. Our review on it, or not sure. review, our pulling scale. Pulling scale. Pulling scale. Pulling scale. So, I'll let you go first. Okay. If you want. Okay. And pretty much, man, just give details, what you like, what you didn't like, <clears throat> score and everything. And so, I, I agree with you when you said that some people say that you either love it or you hate it. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't feel that way. But I didn't love the movie. Won't lie to you. But I didn't hate it either. And the reason I didn't hate it was for acting like Sid Haig, for like Bill Mosley's acting, for the story. I thought the story was really cool. I feel like it could have been like constructed a little different. Because mm-hmm. I did feel like sometimes it was just like bam, 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 sha, sha, sha. You know, there's like they just shove stuff in your face. Mm-hmm. Some of the, I didn't care for some of the camera shots. Like, some of the camera shots, they were just like zooming right up. And your favorite death scene of the whole movie threw me off. Like, it was five minutes of a dude, Bill Mosley, just standing over Venus's head. It ain't Venus. I know, it's Walter Goggins, Steve Nash. Um, Literally five minutes of the camera just zooming out. And I was like, they better not end the movie this way. See, yeah, and that is, that's my favorite kill scene of the movie. But I, I'm sitting there watching it the whole time. I was like, he's going he's gonna to shoot the gun any minute now. Any minute now. Any minute now. Any minute now. Yeah, like literally, that's what it felt like. It, I, 
it was probably only on the screen for about 45 seconds, but it felt like five or ten minutes. Right. Um, to me, that threw me off of it because now I'm not paying attention to what's going on. I'm looking at this, you know, above the camera shot, and I'm like, what, what, did the movie freeze? What happened? You know, what's going on? And I'm like, dang. Um, but there were some close-up shots that they did mm-hmm. that I don't know if it was supposed to go out of focus. But it, to me, it looked out of focus. Maybe my eyes, the allergies is getting to me. I don't know. Um, I didn't mind the retroing for the like the negative uh, screen. Yeah. But some of the times where they put it on is when they were going over backstory parts. Yeah. And I was like, that throws me off of it because now I'm not focusing on the backstory and, or the story itself. I'm focusing on why is my screen all jacked up. So uh, it was a distraction to you. It, it was. It really okay. was. And uh, if it was just, if they did that shot while they were transitioning from one scene to another, it would be a different story. Right. But they did it when there was story going on. And that's what it distracted me from the actual story and what was going on in the background. and Like the scene where the guy in the desert with the shotgun. And he had like... Uh, he was talking about God and all this kind of. He just and he was. He was like, "This is hell." And you in it? That's all I understood him saying. This is hell. Like I couldn't understand a word that guy was See, saying. I understood everything. I know the truth. I tell you the truth. Well, you've seen the movie nine hundred seventy-eight times. But I'm like, what part did that like? What did that have to do with the story? Like, did they just throw it in there to be throwing it in there? Right. Like it, to me, it didn't fit. I, I I didn't understand it. Um. I, I dug the music mainly because I dig a lot of Rob, or some of Rob Zombie's music for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did really feel, it did have that Rob Zombie feel to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to give it, mm, I'm going to make it a thumbs in the middle, but if you want to look at it and actually, it's probably in between a thumbs in the middle and a thumbs down for me. Okay. Uh, so you got to pick one. I'm, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put thumbs in the middle because okay. because it, it's closer. Because to me, thumbs down is I didn't like the movie at all, and there were aspects of the movie that I did like. Gotcha. Um, I thought the special effects on it mm-hmm. were good for the most part. There were some scenes like I thought it was weird. I, I liked the aspect of it of him cut, carving her dad up and then putting his skin and stuff yeah. like that. But I don't know, it just, it, you could tell it was fake. Uh, how much of that was, you know, supposed to be like that? How much of it was supposed to look real? I don't know. Buffalo Bill's outfit looked more real than uh, than that one. Plus, it was just creepy making this girl kiss her dad's face. See, now, I thought the face <coughs> looked legit. The face didn't look bad. It was the body. The body is what threw me off. Because okay. he had the body and the forearms and all yeah. that. And that's what threw me off. The face looked just like her dad's face. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to give it a thumbs in the middle. If you're a fan of Rob Zombie, check it out one time. It's okay. not one of the movies I would probably just watch to be watching. Okay. Um, and rating-wise, I'm I'm going to give it a C-. minus. I'm really surprised you didn't mention the third act. The third act was good, and that's probably where the C minus comes from. So when they did 
I always wondered what it meant by the House of a Thousand Corpses. Because mm-hmm. when they were going through the whole movie, I'm like, it, it just there's a a uh, Ellie or a uh, Beverly Hillbillies meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre House family, and then you got Sid Haig with the gas station. What's this? They go underground, and when the zombies started popping up, I was like, where did zombies come from? Then they started going under the tunnel, and you was like, this is where the House of a Thousand Corpses comes into play. And I was like, all right, so they're going to go in. There's going to be bones and you know all that kind of stuff. So that's what you saw? Yeah, I figured that's when that that, that was about. When they threw uh, Dr. Satan in there, I honestly thought they would not show him. I didn't uh, think Dr. Satan was going to show up at all. I thought he was just the story and the legend right. and that kind of stuff. Um, they didn't go, for me, as far as the Dr. Satan story... They didn't go into enough detail on his uh, constructs, I mm-hmm. guess you want to call them. The only one you really got a good shot of was the one that was chasing the girl. Yeah. Uh, which, I don't know. Was that supposed to be a butt on his face? <laughs> I don't after, know. after he took his little mask off and started doodling out? I don't, I don't know what it was. But mm-hmm. uh, I didn't care for... I thought the look was weird. He looked like a demented Red Skull from Avengers. Okay. But uh, I did think that the uh, look of Dr. Satan, I thought it was kind of cool looking. Because it did look like a demented doctor that was just going to start tearing people alive. But, yeah. Okay. Well, now that you've torn my movie all to pieces. (laughs) Now, I'm going to start with the negatives first. (coughs) And then I'll do the positives. Mm Um. As far as the negatives, I w- the third act is what really threw me off when I first seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Even now that I guess that I know what's coming, it don't bother me as much. But I like the fact that the entire movie is just this psychotic family, you know, doing their thing, torturing people. You know, kidnapping these cheerleaders. Now they kidnapped this group and stuff like that. And they've all got their own different personalities where, like, you know, Otis and Baby are completely different to where it's more like Baby and her mama is kind of the same person. Then they got Grandpa. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but, yeah, but, see, but, but then they throw the third act in, and it was like you had me going, okay, this is just a jacked-up family mm-hmm. that's... You know, telling about this myth, Dr. Satan. And then, boom, all of a sudden, now they're lowering these people in the crate. They're playing a, a tape that says, bury me in an unmarked grave. You know, over and over. Yeah. That's the only thing where I'm like, man, you, you're making me take a big leap. That's one of the negatives. I, I, I've said that since the first time I ever watched the movie back 20 years ago. Right. Um trying to think as far as any other negatives, man, because I enjoy the film myself. Uh, well, see, when you start talking about Doctor, like, the third act is what threw you off, it kind of made me question, like, because the whole movie, you think, like, Otis is the ringleader. Mm-hmm. He's in charge. Is he? Or is Dr. Satan in charge and Otis is feeding him these experiment bodies? Right. So, right. like, what's who's really head dog over here? Then the other negative is exactly what you said earlier. We got these four um, people, two male, two female, and 
really, all of a sudden at the very end, which they did kind of make her the main character because she's the one that called her dad. Mm-hmm. She's wanting to, you know, she keeps referring to her dad the entire movie, and uh, Denise is her name. She is more of a main character, but Rob Zombie in this film focused so much on the villains that he didn't really hype up the the heroes, I guess you could say. He did nothing to give you a connection to the victims. Right. Uh, the other girl, Mary, I didn't care if she died or not cause she was a B-word. And then you really stop and think, okay, you remember on Halloween night when uh, Sherry Moon was up there, baby, and she was dancing, singing? Mm-hmm. Do you think if she hadn't have screwed up, if Mary hadn't been like, get the F off of him and shoved her off and all that, do you think they would have let him go? Or no. it wouldn't have been as bad? No. I, I don't think they had any intentions on letting him go. I don't know. No. At least the guys. I mean, they keep the guys. I don't know. Because no. all they have is cheerleaders. <laughs> no, yeah, no. They were, they were, they were planning, planning their duties. But th- those are my two negatives, is you didn't get enough connection to the, the four main characters. Yeah. Um, and the third act. Now, my positives, Captain Spaulding, great character. Uh-huh. Oldest Driftwood, great character. Like I said, now, I'm a t- I like Tom Tolles. I loved his acting in the movie. I liked that he played the sheriff. I thought Karen Black did a great job in it. And I actually like Jerry. <laughs> like I said, like when she starts peeling his head, when baby starts that, peeling it, that, that was gross. That was a trip, yeah. But <laughs> I even love the the whole opening act where it's literally Captain Spaulding talking to Stucky. Mm-hmm. You know, and I like that. That whole opening scene, I really like because it, it made you go, what am I getting into? But that, see, that's what irritates me is they open it up so good with a character in Captain Spaulding. Yeah. And then you see him, what, two more times through the whole movie? Yeah. I mean, until the end of it? <laughs> You can't do it, that. He made man. you. They made you want more of Captain Spaulding. Exactly. Okay, I get and, it. And and I've never seen. I still. I've never seen Devil's Rejects. Right. I know he's in Devil's Rejects, but it's not Captain Spaulding, right? No, he's Spaulding, dude. Is he Spaulding? Yeah. Well, he doesn't look like the the no. shots that I've seen from Devil's Rejects. I, it doesn't. Oh yeah. No, I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. You. I've, I've never seen it. So. But um, <clears throat> excuse me. But I like the score. Yes, I like Rob Zombie's music in it, but I'm talking like the score, the dun 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 all that stuff. I really thought that went with it. Rob Zombie, no doubt, can uh, get some... He knows how to make the vibe in the movie. Oh, he, he can make the music make you feel yeah. an emotion you, he wants you to feel. Now, I'm going to say this, and, the sound, and I, I'm not trying to be judgmental on Rob Zombie, but I've heard it. After watching this, and now I've seen every one of his movies he's ever made... I've learned something about Rob, and and I hope whoever listens to this is no disrespect to Rob, but Rob is a good director. I feel like he's a terrible writer. All of his movies are white trash, filthy language. Like people don't talk like this, you know. Yeah. Uh, Bill Mosley, I'm not gonna. I'll tell you when we do Devil's Rejects, but Bill Mosley told me about a scene in Devil's Rejects where Rob's like, hey man, say this. And Bill was like, really? And that's what Bill told me. He was like, really? Okay. And then Bill added something to it, which I thought was funny. Yeah. But I do feel like <clears throat> if Rob had more of somebody to help write uh, the films, I think they would be able to say, you know. 
See, I think I think that kind of stems like because if you watch some of the older Rob Zombie videos, being in the time frame that they were, look at Living Dead Girl, Dragon Lake. He was a big shock factor. Mm-hmm. So I think this is his way of saying this is how I get a shock factor into the movies right. that I'm directing. I'm going to add the language and I'm going to add the gore and all this kind of stuff. Now, to me, the language wasn't that bad in this one. And I'm actually, I was that's one of the things I was going to say. I was surprised that the language wasn't worse than it actually was. Right. Wait till Devil's Rejects. Oh, Lord. Um, Lord. But no. Um, and I got to take in consideration this was Rob Zombie's first ever movie. <clears throat> Right. What do you do with your first? You're going to mess up a little bit. You're going to learn from your mistakes. Well, and it's your way of figuring out where you want to go. And I can tell you this. I'm not going to show you the trailer of Devil's Rejects, so don't watch it. But when I saw the de- uh, the trailer for Devil's Rejects, I didn't know it was a sequel to House of Thousand Corpses because it's the exact opposite. Really? It's not filmed nowhere near the same way. Hmm. There's no cut from this uh, scene to go to multicolored scenes, nothing. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a rock video at all. It actually feels like a high dollar budget movie. Huh. If you ask 90% of any Rob Zombie's fans, they're going to say Devil's Rejects is his best film. You will end up liking that 10 times more than House of Thousand Corpses. That, and I fully believe that. So y'all heard me. I'm putting Randy on the spot. <laughs> he gave it a C minus. I guarantee you he at least gives it a B. <clears throat> But anyway, but the, I mean, honestly, I'll, I'll, I, I like the film. But like I said, those are my two negatives. And then my likes, like I said, the music, the score, the acting, really loved. And I like the fact that they did put Spalding in it to where you want more, you want more. Right. So with that being said, my, my rating, I'm giving it a thumbs up. Uh, I think even if you're not, even if you're not a fan of Rob Zombie, you're just a fan of horror. I think you've got to add it to your collection. And I am going to give this movie a B. Like I said, there is some mistakes in it, but like I said, it's Rob Zombie's first ever movie. But, um, did you get what I, and I really, because I'm trying to go back to that, you really get what I'm saying about Rob Zombie's a good director. I yeah. just feel like he needs help writing. No, because I, 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 I see where you're, I want to know after watching this, how many of his music videos does he direct? Because I have a feeling that he directed 99% of all oh, yeah. the music videos. Oh, yeah, he did. He, yeah. Because this really felt like a Rob Zombie music. It had that, them feels and the vibes to it and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And now, it could have been that it was a lot of his music playing in the background or music like his. Right. Um, but no, I get, I get 100% uh, of what you're saying because... I always talk about Halloween. I enjoy Rob Zombie's Halloween. Yeah. But I, I, I get what you're saying when, when you say it's white trashish, you know, that kind of thing. Because it really is. It's almost just there's a difference between having something in a movie that makes sense. Yeah. As opposed to having something in a movie just to have something in a movie. Right. Like, we talk about the difference between language and movies, and you look at a movie like. Goodfellow or Casino or, you know, those mobster type movies where it makes sense. Right. And then you look at movies, to me, I, I don't see no sense in having the abundance of language in Halloween that Rob Zombie put in. Like that opening act with little Michael yeah, and the the mom's boyfriend, right. that's the most unnecessary scene. Like and not. I, and Other I'm than talk- being a shock factor. And I have talked to people that 
could care less about language and flat out say, I'm at the horror conventions and have flat out been like, yeah, I fast forward that every time because it's just unnecessary trash. But I didn't feel like this film had unnecessary trash. I felt like, like I said, and the humor. That's another rating I liked. I thought they threw, uh, there was enough humor in it. They actually, like Spalding killed me. Especially when uh, Tom Toes is like, you got anything else you can think of? And he sat there and he put his hand up yeah. to his forehead and he scratched. He's like, well, I don't rightly know. And see, I, you know. And that's what irritates me the most. Because Captain Spawn was probably the best character in the whole freaking movie. <laughs> and he was in it for 15 seconds. <clears throat> that's what. And see, I'm one of those people. Language doesn't really bother me in a movie. Now, when you start to get blasphemous. Uh, and then we start taking like start using the Lord's name in vain, or when you start um, the GD and all this kind of yeah. stuff. That's when it. That's when I'm like, all right, that's enough of that. Yeah, but, like f bombs and all that kind of stuff. They don't bother me so much. I did watch a lot of that growing up, like movie wise, mm-hmm. because it wasn't something that was really reg- regulated in right. the, uh, in the house. Um, but. So when when there's so much language in it that I'm like, dang, I mean, come on. Yeah. Like, what's the point? The, yeah. Like, it, it, to me, when a movie's being put together, everything connects everything. Mm-hmm. So if there's a lot of language in it, there needs to be a reason and it needs to be connected in some way. It needs to yeah. make sense. Yeah. Saying, saying MF and GD all the daggum time just to be saying it and having a shock factor. Yeah. And that just takes me out of it. Well, no, like I said, uh, before we close out here, I really, I still think House of Those Corpses lives up to what I remember watching years ago. Um, it has gotten more popular now. I think people finally gave it a chance once they started being able to rent it on VHS right. and DVD back in the day. Um, it is a movie that I can watch once a year. Like, I really do. I, I enjoy it. Um, and it's mainly because of Spalding. <coughs> uh, Otis and really that's, that's the only two I mean like I said I think everybody's great acting good acting in it but them two you're seeing the birth of these characters Yeah. like I wanted to know more about okay what's the deal with uh, Otis yeah like you know and, and the effect when he I like I love Otis is not uh, a slasher, like a killer. Am I, this is what I mean by that. Like, you don't just constantly see him murdering people. No. He's more of an abuser with his mouth. Like, language and stuff, not cussing. I'm talking, yeah, like, yeah. verbally. And I love when uh, she's like, um, where's Bill? He's like, Bill. <laughs> Bill, he, hey, he's, he's all right. He's a good guy, you know? Yeah. He's like, He's like, Bill's been a real blessing. You know, it's just the way he is. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, I've been in a, I don't even remember what he said. I think he's like. Like mental block. Type yeah. And uh, he was like, but I, and I loved how when he would talk, he'd be like, oh, you bet mama. Like, you don't say mama. You don't say yeah. But then he was like, yeah, Bill's right over here. And he spun her around and he's like, presenting fish boy. You know, I, I love that. Yeah. But he See, just. I would, love to, I would love to have seen a movie that had Captain Spaulding and Otis as the main characters. Doing whatever. Well, get ready for Devil's Rejects now. Really? Yeah. Good. So, well, that being said, um, man, you got anything else you'd like to say about the film? Mm, I don't think so. 
Well, as always, you can always catch us on Spotify and uh, iTunes, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Anywhere Republic. you can get your podcast. Yes. And we are available on all of our social medias. Uh, on Instagram, we are smalltownhorrorjohnny underscore randy. Facebook, we are smalltownhorror with Johnny and Randy. And you can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at smalltheorrorpod. And we just appreciate each and every one of you who listen. And if you don't mind, if you enjoy what we're doing, please head on over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whichever one you desire, and give us a five-star rating if you feel like we've deserved it. Leave us a review, please. Let us know. Shoot some uh, suggestions in the comments as well. We're always looking for new movies that we haven't seen or movies we haven't thought about doing. Right. If you guys know of any anniversaries coming up that you would like to see us do uh, your favorite movies on, let us know. We'll try to fit them in. And our next episode will be Rob Zombie's 2005 hit, The Devil's Rejects, the sequel to House of a Thousand Corpses. And I've kind of hit Randy up. We don't know yet if we're going to do it, but we've kind of, he's kind of talked about Three from Hell. He didn't realize that was a trilogy. I didn't know this movie. I like, I knew House of a Thousand Corpses, and then he came out with Devil's Rejects. I didn't realize up until maybe a couple of years ago that they was actually part of his own little trilogy, or his own little sequel. I didn't realize that Devil, Devil's Rejects was technically a sequel to House of a Thousand Corpses. Right. But yes, if you go to any of our social media, you can go up to the top of our page and uh, click our link, and you will see it's on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. But at the top, you will see a link that says uh, myslink.app, and it'll say slash small town horror. If you click on that, you can hear all of our past episodes and subscribe to us so you'll never miss an episode. And with that being said, As always, remember to stay scared and stay spooky.